Straight talk, uncut. Hey everybody, how's it going? It's Tell Us. Back with another edition of Straight Talk Uncut. And I'm uh, out and about again. So I apologize for the audio if it you know if it comes across um, not all that great. Uh, but I decided to get out and do a little shooting, take these uh, pointing shoots out. Um, but let me go ahead and get the quote out of the way. Uh, and this quote is by Mae West, and it goes like this. You only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. Again, you only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. Again, that's by Mae West. And, uh, you know, I come across a lot of quotes by Mae West, and it just gives you insight onto her character. Like, you know, you can just tell she was a character. She was a... She was a, you know, just just one of those people in in her in her time. You know, I can only imagine. I, you know, I've never seen a documentary or anything on her, but I can only imagine. Uh, you know, being a female and and just, uh, you know, trying to live life to the fullest, not you know, not being restricted to the traditional roles of of women in in her day. So, <clears throat> but. You know, even today, um, you know, I, I was just thinking. I was thinking about that when I, when I, I came across that quote a long time ago. But you know, a lot of times I just go through the, the quotes again, and uh, and I was just thinking about that. Like, what what is doing it right? What is living living life? Yeah, I think it has different meanings to different people. Um, I've come across people who are extremely, extremely happy in their in their nine to five. You know, the same nine to five that I was miserable in, uh, miserable in. I came across people that that loved it, that loved the job. You know, uh, even in the military. When I was in the military, I, I, I didn't I didn't necessarily hate the military. Um, I, I just there was just a point to where once I uh, looked looked at my future and once I saw other people around me who working like civilians or contractors who weren't in the military, they were doing the same thing, but they had just a little bit, not a lot. Actually, they, they had a lot, but not completely more freedom. And and so. You know, they just, they were able to do things, able, able to go places. But still, you know, we, we were all under the same umbrella of working for the DOD. But what the, what made me decide to get out of the military was, well, one, because there was actually two big reasons. The first reason was I, I, I couldn't express myself the way I wanted to being in the military you 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 are government property you know you you and that's what people forget that's that's what a lot of people forget when you sign up to the military when you sign up to when you sign up bill so you are government property you you are you are under the rule of the government so a lot of these people who who kind of uh you know like it's different now it's, it's um you know, I see a lot of people who try to have this freedom of speech and stuff and do all these things while they're in the military. And and I look at it as like, well, you know, no, you lost a lot of that shit when you joined the military. But anyway, let me get back to my point. Um, actually, I'm going to pull over and take a shot. 
there's this there's this shot that I pass by all the time. It's a it's a shot of Pikes Peak, and it's one of the few shots that you can get now without being like way um, way west without a lot of power lines and things like that. So I got this. I got the um, the little point and shoot, the Pentex. Um, and I'm going to talk about these once I get more used to them. I'm going to talk about these cameras. But it's, it's one of the Pentex with the panoramic feature. I got it on the tripod. It's windy. And uh, and I'm, what I'm doing is going, going around and getting these shots that I drive by all the time. But I either have kids with me or something. Or I'm on my way somewhere and I can't stop to get the shot. So I'm going to pause. I'm going to take a pause right here. Okay. Yeah, I just had to get that shot. <laughs> And, and and the thing about it, it's that's a it's a major highway, and it, you know leaving out of my little little town, little uh, unincorporated town, and it's like six five miles per hour. So, uh, but anyway, so what I was what I was saying was um, that you know like living like being happy and um, living life to a, to its fullest is is relative. You know, you have some people that are adventurer, adventurers. They, you know, they have to do the, the skydiving and, and, and all of that. And what I'm doing right now, I get the same thrill. So it's all relative. So when we are trying to look for, you know, I I I fell into the, the I don't know what it, what it's called the the trap or, um, um. Looking into like other people's lives and, and saying to myself, "Man, that guy must you know he, he's doing it right." Even if it's stuff that I, I I would never do, like I have no inclination to do, like I, I don't want to do, you know. But I would like look at look at him and, and be like, uh, "Man, you know, I bet he, I bet he has an awesome life." And, instead of just living life to the fullest on my own terms doing the things I want to do and 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 not like idolizing somebody else's life you know like the, like the grass is always greener um so like like what I'm doing now I just get a three a rush from just pulling over the side of a highway and taking some pictures with a a, a five dollar point and shoot camera to me that that that's like that's all I need. You know what I mean? Like, that's my rush. Um, but, you know, but, and, and it's like, and being just satisfied with that, being satisfied with what you have. And if there's something that gives you a thrill, something you want to do, just do it. Just do it and have no regrets. Um, for a long time, my wife and I, like, we, we wanted to take a cruise. And we ended up taking a cruise a couple years ago, a Disney cruise. And we, you know, we sort of went all out as far as um, what we know. I mean, of course, there, there's, there's like, I mean, there's, there's always different levels. But as far as what we're happy with, what we're comfortable with, we, we, we did it right. You know what I mean? So, and, I, and that used to be like something I saw way, way down the road. Um, and I think a lot of people, because I talk to a lot of people who... Are waiting or think you have to be rich 
or think you have to be a millionaire to do to live life and when I explain to him like do you think I'm a millionaire you know it's like I'm not a millionaire there are other people who who um, I know that do it does a lot more travel than I do I know they're not millionaires but for some reason some people and I, and I used to be the same way before I before I got out into the world I used to think you had to live in order to live life you, you simply have to be rich there's no other way to live life to, to its fullest than to be rich you know but that's not the case it, it's really not and um, and once you know once you once you start getting around other people that are wanting I think that's the first step getting getting around other people that want to live life that want to live life to its fullest that don't make excuses you know that that don't like um, they're not like putting a cap onto their happiness like putting a cap onto what they deserve out of, out of out of life and usually it's the people that are like doing the same thing living in the same area they grew up in doing the same thing they've done all their life and uh, and, and not just not just living you know it doesn't even have to be big most people don't want to do big things like it's something simple you know it's something simple that they want to do that that would just make their life uh, that much greater you know, it's not like something major. It's just something small, but for some reason, they they don't think it's for them. They don't think they can do it. So, anyway, that's that's what uh, when I think about that quote, you only have uh, you only have one life, but if you do it right, it's all you need, you know. So, anyway, on my last episode, there was there was a topic that I wanted to talk about. I forgot to talk about it, and it's. Uh, I don't have any notes in front of me or anything, but it's this project. I think it's by a Canon. It's by it's either Canon or Nikon, but they do this. I think it's called like the Lab Project, right? And in this particular project, it it pretty much brought to the surface how every, no matter what sort of equipment you have, um, every photographer. It's different. Like, like I, I think I talked about on a previous episode how you can, I can be with a five, four or five photographers. We can be shooting in the same location on the same scene and come out with different things based on our interpretation, each individual interpretation of what we're photographing. Oh man, I see another shot. Ugh, I may have to get that one on the way back. Um. So, but, but, uh, so in this particular project, this, this is the, this is the scenario, right? So six photographers were invited to take portraits or do like a portrait session of this one guy, this, this one subject, but, and I'm not even sure what camera equipment they were using. um, Obviously it was, I'm assuming it was the camera equipment of whoever was sponsoring the project. I think it was either Canon or Nikon. I can't remember right offhand. But I'm going to put links up into on the on the show notes uh, once I get back and you know download this and, uh, and and you know look at the look at the notes that I had. But um, so but the location was the same. The the subject 
had on the same attire. He didn't change attire. It was a guy. He didn't change attire or anything. The only the only thing that that was different. Actually, there was two things that were different. Two things. Two major things that were different, right? Each individual photographer. Now, they, they, all these photographers, they were taking these, doing their por portrait section session, isolated or removed from the other photographers. So they, you know, it was they were all isolated when they were doing their their session. So the, the two things that differed, you know, besides the fact that each each photographer is an individual, the only thing that differed is the occupation or the personal story they told about the subject they told six different six different um, scenario or, or quote truths to as to who the who the subject was individually so one photographer was told and, and I, I, mean, I, I need to make sure I remember this so one photographer was told that the subject was a was a convict he was an ex ex he was an ex prison, and I can't remember if they said what he was in what he was in jail for or not. So that was that was the first scenario. The second photographer, and these are not in order. So uh, the second photographer was told that he was a self made millionaire, right? Uh, the third photographer was told that he was a hero. He saved somebody's life. Okay. The fourth photographer, uh, what was it? The fourth, the fourth photographer was, was was told that he was a farmer. Um, if I'm getting it right, yeah, that he was a farmer. Was it? Is that right? Is that right? Uh, yeah, a farmer, right? So, um, and the and the fifth photographer was told that he was a uh, an alcoholic, a recovering alcoholic, right? So the last. Um, the last photographer was told that the subject was a psychic. Was he like he, he was like a professional psychic, right? So that was the one thing that differed. The second thing that differed was that the subject put himself in that role. So he acted as if he was these different things with each in, in individual photographer. So um, when, when he was a he was a convict when. The, there was a I remember I remember this one specifically specifically there was a female photographer that was photographing him as a convict and she she tried to either shake his hand like the the, the scenario with this was he he wouldn't let her get close like he was real standoffish like he was he was like he put himself in the role of a guy not a, not only an ex convict but a guy who just got out of jail like yesterday. So he put himself in that role, and he was real, you know, um, standoffish. So same, same location, same lighting, nothing different about that. The guy had on the same clothes, and and, and each individual photographer didn't know that, you know, they that I mean, they they thought that, for instance, the the self-made millionaire, he thought everybody was pho photographing this self-made millionaire. The other, the other people thought the same thing. Thought you know, the the, the, the they they all were photographing a psychic. So, so when it was all over, and it does a video, so you gotta you gotta go see the video. I I put the link up on the show notes. Um, 
so they when they when they left, you know, when all the sessions were over, and they had the prints, the film process, they had prints. Well, actually, I'm not sure if it was film or not. They made prints from the Im- from the images they captured, and they put on display six different six. I think one of each of the sessions. And when all the photographers came together in the room, they looked at the pictures and they were like, "Wow, this these are." T- I mean, it was totally different pictures. You know, same guy. I mean, same same guy, same like setting, but each each session, each image, like told a different story, and they were kind of like looking around at each other, like, "Well, what's what's I mean, what's going on?" You know, they were like, "Oh, actually, I think it was Nikon Australia, either Nikon Australia or Canon Australia," because it just dawned on me that the the, the subject, the guy, had a Australian accent. Anyway. Um, it could have been Sony. No, yeah, no, it was either Nikon or, or Canon. It doesn't matter. Uh, it was just sticking in my head. Anyway, so they they were looking around like, wow, like these these images, even though it's the same guy, they are totally different, right? And so the guy came out and he was like, you know, hi, whatever his name was, like, you know, I'm not a self-made millionaire. I'm not a recovering alcoholic. Uh, I'm not a blah blah blah, whatever. One of the things that he, I think it was he saved somebody. He actually saved somebody's life for real. But the, I think he said the story that he told wasn't exactly true. Uh, but so, and and when you looked at the pictures, you did get that. <laughs> you, I mean, if 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 there was no subtext to it, like a caption on the picture, I don't know if you would have been able to identify exactly. Uh, but you would have known that it was something like if you saw the pictures together and didn't know the subtext you would have you would have thought like either the guy was a character actor you know that because that's the first thing you you see not knowing that it was photographed by six different photographers you would have thought that this guy was a character actor and this is his portfolio showing how many different you know just just almost like somebody shouting out Words. I remember I used to do this thing with my daughters when they were growing up. I would shout out like an emotion, and then they would have to express the emotion. Like I, I would say, you know, be sad, and they would do sad. You know, and because the whole thing was how much of actors kids are to get what they want. So I played this game with them. They, them not knowing that what I was doing was gathering evidence, <laughs> gathering evidence to to prove my point that they can go into whatever motion like that. Kids kids are the best actors. So I would do this thing where I would shout out an emotion like, say, be happy, be happy. And they would like, be happy, be sad, be grumpy, be angry, um, be hurt, have your feelings. And, you know, I would do it, and they would, on, on, the, like, on the drop of a dime, they would all just change like chameleons. So that's what you would see if you just saw these pictures without the context of knowing that they were photographed by six different photographers. You would think this guy was just falling into these different roles. And you would think he was doing a good job at it. Which which actually played a part in... I mean, yeah, it definitely played a part in, in, in the sessions. But still, the photo, the photographers were able to capture that even though they are, they are it's the same guy. But just based off their uh, on preconceived notions, the story they were told, their assumptions about this guy, about what a convict is, about what a self-made millionaire is, about what a uh, psychic is... 
that um, was expressed in the in the image they captured. You know what I mean? So, I, I man, I love seeing little projects like that, little um, little little tests and things like that to show like how we we are given the same situ given the same information. I mean, uh, given the same setting, given the same subject, but different with different information, how we can all portray it different. And you got to take that into the real world. You got to take that into everything you do, like, and, and see how much our lives, the things we do, how we approach people are based off the information that we're given. Like, what do you think about a black dude that you don't know just based off information that you think about black people? Or Asian, or, or or what I think about white people, based on the information that I'm given, you know, not not uh, you know, even though I'm I'm around more white people than anything, but still, even with my growing up in Mississippi, with my conceived notion. So think about how that affect you as a photographer, as an artist, when you go on a project, and that's why it's so important to to get the story. And I think that's one of, one of the things that frustrated me with um, a lot of times with people who, for for some reason, they need they need portraits like a wedding or you know when when both people both subjects are not mutually committed you know like like the case with weddings and and, and uh, engagement portraits which is why I, I kind of shy away from it now is because there's always someone who really want it. The bride is someone who's there because they have to be there. The groom, you know what I mean, and it's and and, and it shows in the pictures. You know, when I'm trying to like, um, trying to get to know them as much as I can, and and, and like even even when I would do a wedding, I would include a free engagement session. It's not it's not because I mean, especially if I already got your business, I'm not trying to smooths you into buying that, that's what uh, some a lot of uh groom brides and grooms mostly grooms think that i'm not actually i'm not going to say a lot the one some some have told me that that thought i was trying to get an engagement session so i can sell them prints no it's to get to know them before you know how awkward it is i've only done about two no i've probably done more than that uh weddings that i didn't do the engagement session and it is so awkward showing up and in, in, in photographing the couple for the first time on their wedding day. That is the most awkward shit I can I can think of. I mean, it's like, it's, it's just really, really awkward. You don't know a thing about them. But the ones that I've done the engagement session and I've met them well, well before the, the wedding. Oh, man, it's like you it's like you're photographing a family member or a friend. You know what I mean? It's like it's just all oh, it's just a totally different feeling. Um, so and, and and as I get, I just I just have a lack of patience for trying to persuade people or trying to take pictures of people who don't want their picture taken. I just have no, I have a a, a lack of uh, enthusiasm to do that. That's one reason I started doing pet portraits and stuff like that um, because you know. If someone contacts me about a pet portrait, I know they want their dog to get. Or yeah, I haven't photographed anything but dogs. Uh, they want that that picture, and they want it like I mean, these people that love that. Most of the time, actually, every 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 pet portrait 
that I've done, they don't. These, these people don't have kids. It's been it's been you know people who their their dog is their kid. So they is they, you know so I have to approach it with the same level of professionalism and excitement that I do with photographing the kid, which is no problem for me. I love photographing dogs. Um, so 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 that's the thing when when you you know and and I think that's that's the other thing too. But you know what? I did have I, I was hesitant. I didn't even do the session, but it was a guy that contacted me and I didn't do the session not because I um I didn't want to do it, but I was hesitant. But I contacted him and then we just couldn't get together. But he had he had this blue nose pit bull that he wanted pictures of. And he showed me he you know, he emailed me a snapshot and the thing it was a monster, man. And based on my preconceived notions of pit bulls, and and because I, I had one tear my pants literally, like in a movie, tear my rip my pants off, trying to get at me, and he couldn't get on the car because it was so slippery. But I jumped on top of a car to get to escape from him, and he had tore my pants, <laughs> he tore my pants legs off, and I and I remember that to this day. And I'm like, I've I've had uh, I have three dogs now, and the biggest dog I ever had was a Canadian Corso. He passed away probably two, three years ago. And uh, he was a Canet Corso, an Italian Mastiff, if you don't know what it is. And that dog is, and he looked, people, you know, he looked just as vicious as a pit bull. But because I knew what he was, I knew him and he was mine. I, I, was, I wasn't afraid of it. And I'm not afraid of big dogs. I'm not even afraid of pit bulls. I've been around pit bulls. But it's just when I don't know the pit bull. <laughs> you know, it's just still, even though I know that um, pit, all pit bulls aren't dangerous. I still have that in my mind. So even even before I even approached him, when I was just thinking about approaching the guy like this session, I had this fright, this fear in me that I knew I would have to get over if I if I photographed that dog because that's one of the things that can go wrong if the, if the dog knows that. You know what I mean? So that's what we have to think about. Even if you don't outwardly show it like people like my, I had a friend tell me the other day that um, he, 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 he does, he's a he's a caterer and he went to he had this bid he was doing this tasting and uh, when he when he showed up with the clients he can just tell they were they were kind of taking it because before that before now before they met they only spoke they never spoke on the phone they only spoke through email he can tell that they were surprised that he was a black dude you know, it was just like surprise, and I was, and he was, and he was, you know, asking me, do I think that's like wrong that he felt the way? I'm like, no, because you know, you, you I mean, you know, it's just like if the same thing if I'm if I if I'm on the phone with somebody and she's and he or she sounds a certain way and I meet him in person, uh, it's nothing wrong with that. It's nothing wrong with, but it just get past it. Don't treat anybody differently because. You thought they were something else, and you know they turned out to be one thing. Just don't let it affect your uh, your perception of them, unless that's part of the nature of the project. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. But um, <laughs> I just had to do the crosswalk, not paying attention. All right, I'm about to end this podcast uh, so I can pay attention. To these people, I'm downtown, and you, you know how, like, any place downtown, people just drive crazy trying to find a parking spot. So, thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, 
if you got anything you want me to want, want oh man, these these two dudes on on the, on these uh motorcycles I've been looking at. Uh, so uh anyway, tell us at straighttalkuncut.com. If you got any questions, comments, things you want me to know, uh I'm gonna put I'm about to do a little bit of not street photography, but photography on the streets. You know, just get it right. And um, I'll let you guys know. I'll put them up. I'll let you guys know when I... Actually, these are C41, so it's probably a while before you get to see these. Um, you know, I still I got a process of do all that. Anyway, thank you guys for coming back. Thank you guys for listening to me rant and ramble. Sorry about the quality, audio quality day. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to be continually doing these out and about type things. So uh, I'm not sure if like a Zoom or anything would make a difference, but... You know, it is what it is. So thank you guys for listening. Like I always say, I don't know a lot, but what I do know, I, I try to talk straight about this straight talk on cut. Thank you guys for listening.